The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, Brendo, Steve here. Hey, Lars. And yeah, welcome back to Count Outs Podcast Top 10 Thing. You know the deal. We talk about things in the top 10 list. So uh, this week on Count Out, we left the decision up to the friendos, of course, on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson and our YouTube channel members, youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. We left it up to them. We gave them two options, uh, uh, how to book Roman Reigns' title loss, which lost. And what you're seeing now is Top 10 fixes that Triple H can still make to the dab dab e to make it more but better, Larson. Of course, last time on Count Out, uh, we talked about the top 10 AEW mistakes. Well, we're trying to hopefully prevent mistakes that Triple H yes. could make by not doing the 10 things we're about to talk about. These are areas within WWE's creative that need to be addressed. Needs improvement. Need, need, I tell you, not yeah, should, we're in, not could, need. No, we're entitled to it. They, hey, look, they want to get a one and a half times multiplier, a two times multiplier. I think Brandon Thurston said that they might be expecting a two times multiplier, like that's double crazy. what their current deal is. That's crazy. But I mean, that's that's guaranteed pretty much if they follow our advice. Paul, yeah, get him on the, Paul, call us. Right. We could talk well, to he you. Does. He does, he does twice a week. He does twice a week. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. so maybe, maybe at the end of this episode, we'll call him in, and uh, and he'll he'll you can ask him about all this, yay or nay. You want me to call him in at the end of this episode? Well, have you have you found out how to get it so just his audio pipes in, and we can still be on camera? Need to work. I tried. On it, please. I spent like three hours on it yesterday. Solid last that. yesterday in the evening from around seven to ten. I spent three yesterday? hours. Yeah, I was at your house within the, in that window, and you were sitting on the couch meant the day before that let's dive into this man number 10 10 the draft fix the draft it's been ages since wwe has done a draft that like is timed correctly makes any amount of sense yes larson go ahead i'd argue it's been since 2016 2016 was a killer draft that was the last time they did it right and they got it perfect back that was when finn balor uh was mm -hmm. called up through the draft and they treated him like an absolute star 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then ever since then, largely due to a, a, a number of factors, I believe the 20, if I'm not mistaken, the 2016 draft was the first draft in like, I don't know, it was a yeah, long time. Yeah, when they like re-split, resplit the yeah. brands. Yeah. Um, and it felt special. And I still feel like the draft can be a really amazing storytelling device if it's treated a certain way, if it's handled a certain way, not haphazardly done to boost ratings, which seemingly mm-hmm. is how they've done it over the past couple of years. One of the issues with the draft, of course, has been the timing, how they'll have a draft right before Survivor Series, which up until this year had been for the last couple of years, brand versus brand. Mm-hmm. Well, it just sort it of threw the idea. Yeah, it sort of threw the idea of brand versus brand out the window because all of a sudden new people are on these brands and uh, and it was kind of bunk. Um, I think that if they take an approach that spaces out the draft, maybe so it's not every year, but every two years, every three years, and you put it right before Survivor Series, maybe that, you know, maybe they can alternate Survivor Series every three years before the draft. Um, you can have a big brand versus brand blow off. And you tell these stories over the course of like two or three years where there's a really strong brand identity. And then you have a big blow off. And then after that, after everything's sort of been exhausted, you have a draft. And then you wait another three years or so. That's one idea. Here's another. Have the draft after WrestleMania. WrestleMania is kind of the season finale of your annual WWE calendar. Um, You know, huge stories wrap up at Mania, usually. Although now with WrestleMania Backlash, that's not always the case. Um, Maybe after WrestleMania Backlash, you have... You have the draft, you know, keep it for May sweeps um, rather than November or October, which has, had been the case prior to this year, years, uh, years past. Um, and even if they want to continue doing an annual draft, there's, you know, for, for those out there who play any sort of fantasy sports, there's a variety of ways that you can retain part, if not all your roster. And then there's still available talent in the draft pool. You know, whether it's each brand gets to keep 5, 10, 15 superstars and everybody else is under, <coughs> excuse me, into the draft pool. Um, you don't have a full-fledged main roster draft. Say there's six, seven, eight people you want to call it from NXT. You have an mm-hmm. NXT draft. Mm-hmm. And immediately, that's that's a way to get NXT call-ups to, 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 to make an impact and make it seem important. Oh, this brand really wants me. Mm-hmm. So... Rather than just having a video package um, announcing like Lars Sullivan and EC3 yeah. and, and Heavy Machine are coming up, and then you, weeks later they're still not there. Mm-hmm. You have, that, I mean, if they if they take back that approach, even just an NXT draft, then you're mm-hmm. getting into territory like when Finn got drafted. Yeah, you know, hey, this is the number one pick of this year's NXT draft. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. they think highly of this brand, thinks highly of this competitor. If they're gonna, you could. But then, like, there's also things like trading picks. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of things you could do, trade talent for picks that they never really looked into. Maybe they just think, you know, wrestling fans just don't care about that stuff. That might be the case. I think it can inject so much intrigue Definitely. if you if you add stuff like that, you know, instead of like that one year Triple H got traded to SmackDown and then in the final pick he was traded back to Raw on the same night. And it's like, you know, and, and honestly, and, and according to Bruce Pritchard, is because they realized – during the draft, oh man, this is too lopsided. It's like yep. you need to think about this beforehand. And I mean, dude, one thing that Triple H I think has been good at is one small detail that he, he he's established is 
trying to explain things, trying to make mm-hmm. things make sense. When Sarah Logan has her name changed to Valhalla, they say she went by Sarah Logan. Now she wants to be referred to as Valhalla as opposed to, oh, it's a brand new person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and you know, it's honestly, it's just those little details that shows they're not trying to insult our intelligence. Yes. Like wrestling, you already have to take a certain leap in logic uh, about these matches that are happening on our screen. Um, try to make the details make sense. And the draft is something that too far, too often hasn't made a lot of sense with how they execute it. Um, and I think that Triple H could look at this as an opportunity to tell like, you know, uh, every couple of years or even even every year. I actually kind of like your idea of having it, you know, an annual thing or if that's what you're saying after mm-hmm. WrestleMania, mm-hmm. because, you know, wrestlers can ride into WrestleMania thinking, hey, this is our last big shot to do X, Y or Z before our our uh, group gets split up in the draft. Our tag team gets split yep. up before, you know, we want to make our statement here on this brand to increase our value going into the draft. Mm-hmm. So it can add another level of stakes heading into WrestleMania or yeah. just wherever you are. Yeah, exactly. You know, if, if it, it could motivate people further to perform well at WrestleMania to you rack know, maybe up some wins. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe someone's got a title shot and they're like, well, if I, I got to win this title now, otherwise I could be drafted the other brand and I got to start all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You right, know, yeah. um, there's there's story potential or something like that. It'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see if they would actually explore that rather than just apparently not. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope they do. I think it's a wonderful storytelling technique it uh, could be. or a yep. convention. Uh, let's move on to number nine. Nine. Uh, fix the GM situation. So when certain things happen, Triple H shows up and he, you know, we all know, look, we all know. Yeah. We all know that Triple H is the guy. He comes out, he has his microphone. We all know he's the guy. But then recently, after a little bit of an absence, uh, Adam Pierce has been coming out. May or, and maybe it's a situation where he's a lower level official and he deals with lower level things like trying to check Bobby Lashley. But here's the thing Adam Pierce, Bobby Lashley really didn't seem too concerned with Adam Pierce. If it was Triple H saying it, then maybe there'd have some heft to it. So why even bother with an Adam Pierce? And here's another thing about Adam Pierce is that uh, a lot of times someone will ask him for something, make a request of him, and he'll be like, I would like to do it. I have to take it up the ladder WD's management. So it's not mm-hmm. as if he has final say on all all uh, matters on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. Um, so it's obvious with the, you know, the last few years they want that storytelling device of someone in the executive role or an official role making decisions that would – further along stories or matches. Mm-hmm. But the idea of, of, of Adam Pierce's role specifically is so nebulous. Some episodes mm-hmm, yeah. of Raw, it seem, or SmackDown, it seems like he has mm-hmm. some degree of autonomy to make whatever yeah. decision he wants. Other times, I got to take this up to, to management. Mm-hmm. Other times, when it's a pull-apart brawl, Triple H comes out. Yeah. yeah. Like, even if, it, if, if, if Adam Pierce isn't, say, GM, mm-hmm. give us the pecking order. Let us know who... Adam Pierce has to answer to. Does he answer to Triple H? Yeah. Does he have to take things up the ladder to Paul? Does yeah. it go further up? Stephanie, Nick Khan. You know, I feel like we should know these things. There, There's definitely, because I think it'll help the story along. There's definitely something to be said, and I don't know, you know, obviously heading into WrestleMania, um, heading into WrestleMania, it seems obvious that they're going to want to split the titles, I think. Yeah. Seems um, there's been so much chatter about that. 
maybe they're waiting to do that to establish more of a distinct brand split because right now with the tag titles and the world title being held up between you know with one act each mm-hmm. um it, it's it's maybe a bit more difficult to consider the the brands truly split and maybe and I don't know honestly I have no idea how Triple H feels about the idea of the brand split I think we're going to find that out once those titles are mm-hmm. are, are split you know if he's going to want something where you know this universe is here this universe is here um, and maybe certain characters above brand, like I'm sure both USA and Fox are, would, would love to have Roman Reigns if he's going to stick around as sort of yeah. a Brock Lesnar type. Yeah. Above Brock, you know, dude, every, yeah. every time you and I say that, you know, uh, oh, this guy's going to be here for this amount of time. And then he's going to go on vacation, take some time off. Like we've said about Roman Reigns after mm-hmm. WrestleMania or whenever the titles come off him, he's probably going to take some time off. Who knows? Maybe yeah. maybe he'll... I mean, right now he's barely there, so I figure maybe it's going to be the same type of schedule, but it's just not going to be burdened by having the titles. But anyways, um, once the brands are split, I do feel like there's going to need to be a separate GM situation. I personally really enjoyed the era when it was, you know, Bischoff on one brand and on, on Raw, and then over on SmackDown it was, I don't know, like a rotating cast. He was like Teddy Long at one point. Mm-hmm. Um I, I kind of prefer it. I kind of prefer the brands to be split. I think it's it's more fun that way. You establish you know some competition between the writers, um, yeah. and uh, and everybody tries their best to outperform the other brand. Um, remains to be seen whether that's going to happen. But the general manager situation, I think, could lend a little bit more you know weight to storylines if yeah. if we knew okay, well, what are the what are the what are the lines here? You know, what are yeah. the roles yeah. here? I will say this, that how they've handled Adam Pierce as authority figure has worked and that he's not overly involved. Mm-hmm. They'd search him in That's the stories totally where it seems like someone from management needs to intervene. Otherwise, he's not like opening every show and making every match. Right. Because yeah, when it was exactly. that point, it was like, oh, gosh, this is just such an overused trope at this point of having. Yeah. Because then it was just a matter of time before what? We got heel authority figure. Yeah, which is and that yeah, gets which Triple H should darn well know that that's a yes. that's one well he gets went to tiresome you, real fast. If you look at what he did with NXT, I think Regal was like the perfect. Yeah. He was sort of a Pierce type where he was a little bit more involved than Pierce because Regal was such a character. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was there to try to control the chaos, not initiate the chaos or not yes. you know put his stamp on things. He was there as a regulator, yes. and I think that would be a good way to do it. Yeah, that would be uh, the way to go. Let's move on. I know you and I are both fans of this. Number eight. Eight. Man, this is a small thing, but I want to see those highlight real uh, entrance trons back, those entrance videos. Where it's not just somebody shaking him or like in the case exactly. of like Alexa Bliss and uh, freaking Raquel Rodriguez and, and Sonya uh, Deville. Deville. It's just like their PNG of them. Just giant renders, yes. With just again, a giant picture. Slightly animated name movements. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean... We'll get to theme music here in a little bit, but a, a, a combination of awesome theme with really well done Tron with like clips and stuff, mm-hmm. that gets you hyped up. It does, yeah. You know, I you hear, you, I'll use this as an example. You hear uh, Braun's theme, he goes, Braun! And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, a hard charging metal type song. And then yeah. you look on the Tron and it's just his name doing this. <laughs> well, that's, that's underwhelming. It's so cheap. Like, There's someone even, that's supposed to be larger than life coming out here. Show me. You have ample footage of Braun destroying a bunch of stuff. Yeah, Show right. me that. It'll get me fired up. Right. Exactly. Oh, my God. Look what this guy can do. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Even, you know, even it's not like 
AEW does, they're a bit more ambitious with their Trons. I mean, sometimes it's obvious that they grabbed like a template uh, for After mm-hmm. Effects and, and toss the name in there. But even doing that is better than adding an earthquake filter to a name. Yep. You know, even even some moving graphics, even if they look to people like you and I in video production, if they seem a bit generic to us, they're not going to seem that way to like Joe Blow. Joe Blow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to seem that way to like your average fan. Um, you know, Jungle Boy's video package has like it's just a sort of a CG jungle that the camera's yeah. flowing through, and then you see his name. Simple stuff like that that gives you an identity. Um, and uh, and I'm sorry, but when Ra- Raquel Rodriguez shows up on the screen with just a picture of her doing this, it's like. Who is this person? Mm-hmm. Like, what are are they good? Are they bad? Is the video package, uh, uh, you know, grainy black and white of her destroying people, indicating maybe she's a bad guy, or is it you know nice bright colors with uh, her destroying people? Maybe she's a good guy. That could be. That could be. <laughs> like, is it high key this person? <laughs> Or low key lighting, you right, know. These exactly, are yeah. things you could you could you could use to tell us about these characters. You know, are there shots of her smiling it? or is she frowning? Yes, you exactly. Know, does she look like mean? That's a good way. Yeah, does she Scowling. look mean, or is she just doing what she has to do because she's there to do a job or something? I don't know. Um, so we don't know yeah. any of that stuff because all we get is PNG of, of I think her flexing. I think that's all, it dude. Is. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing's better than that, Steve Austin. You know, oh, it's no. just like ripped film, you know, of him just angrily, you know, st- he's he's like he's, he's either barking or he's stunning people or flipping it was people just off. that or there's like maybe there was some barking dogs in and I forget. I know DX had like riot footage and cops I mean, that, running the, around. DX really is the gold standard as far as Tron's because really like is. their graphics invade your actual footage yeah. of what's happening in the now. Yeah. It's I mean, it, in terms of bringing energy and making do you feel excited about someone even even. How they how they overlay the Tron with the crowd? I, that's like, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. from it like starts, actual yeah. crowd shots from from the show, and mm-hmm. it's all intercut. I mean, it's an immersive experience if you're watching at home. Yeah, it is, and yeah. it gets you hyped up with that song. Makes them feel important. Yeah, and everybody should feel important. They yeah. really should. Um, so yeah, this is something. It's funny because I reached out to an old friend of ours who used to write for WWE um, mm-hmm. a couple months ago. And I was like, hey, were you around when they got rid of these entrance videos? And he was like, I don't think I was. But he says, I can speculate that when because I, I want to know the reason. Like, why? Why? Because that's yeah. a pretty big change. Yeah. He said, honestly, he probably they probably had WWE probably had some. And this is a speculation on his part. WWE probably had some focus group data that suggested people didn't really care about them. And so to save time and money, uh, they just got rid of them. And uh, they have plenty of money. Uh, yeah. And I, I feel like it wouldn't be that. Like these days, especially with technology, it is fairly easy to whip up a, yes. a highlight reel. They don't like, you can get on Twitter and plenty of people to get do this, it. These things cut, you know? <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. Or even sit in the production truck and do it. It's like, man, you could you could outsource that stuff easily on Fiverr. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, man, I, I, I think that's something that could liven up the entrances and uh, you know, I know they have, they do, they have those the ARGs for like, I think that's what they're called for, like the the CG yeah. in the in arena CG stuff that we can see at yeah. home, but they can't see there of like you know the bloodline and their giant statues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I kind of feel like that stuff to a degree, like with the exception of Zia Lee, it looks cool at home. Some of them are are, are exceptional. Like Finn Balor had the like the vortex. The nebula was pretty neat. Yeah. Even Judgment Day has like the giant you know dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like by and large, with the exception of like Zia Lee, Zia Lee's lightning bolts were really, really creative. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But like, I don't know. They just sort of pale a comparison to like a really well put together Tron. Yeah, I know. In terms of bringing the energy, in terms of building anticipation and excitement for someone making their entrance. Yeah, mm-hmm. a thousand percent. Because that's what mm-hmm. they're supposed to do. The theme song yeah. and the Tron is supposed to get the crowd hype for wh- yeah. whoever's about to enter the arena. Yeah, right. And, and, and you know, uh, uh, shaky movement filters on someone's name just doesn't cut it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It doesn't. Yeah. Yep. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. All right, let's continue our list of things that Triple H probably still needs. I'm sorry, what did I say probably for? Absolutely. A thousand percent needs to fix with WWE. This is number seven here, and I'm going to change it slightly from what it says. Um, either bring back somehow, some way, some possible way, CFO dollar sign or, or Jim Johnston, preferably. Uh, and then maybe, uh, utilize the services of deaf rebel, which is currently their, their entrance theme providers, content Mm -hmm. creators, maybe utilize them in a, in a different way. You know, I don't look, I don't want anybody to lose a job. I don't want that. Whatever they got to do with these current people, put them in NXT. Maybe they could use some developmental. Uh, but CFO Dollar Sign had bangers, Larson. So bangers. I did a little reading up on it because, you know, I, I don't know if you covered it at the time, but there was some issues with CFO Dollar Sign's publishing company. Yeah, it was confusing um, stuff. Yeah, so I read up on it again, and I think I understand it a bit better. Okay. So, so CFO Dollar Sign had an issue with not being paid by their publishing company. So CFO Dollar Sign went to WB to buy them out of their publishing deal to make them the in-house composers for the company. 
the publishing company rejected that proposal. Mm. Um, in the end, the publishing company let CFO Dollar Sign out of their deal, but there was a no compete clause. So it kind of, I don't know the, the, the duration of no compete, but it kind of made it f- seem like CFO Dollar Sign, they, they broke up and it kind of seemed like they were just kind of forced to stop mm. based on signing that publishing deal. Um, it's been a few years since all that went down again. Don't know the duration of the no compete. Um, so as much as I would also love CFO dollar sign to come back and start doing themes, I just don't know if it's possible Yeah. at this juncture. Unfortunately, love to see it happen. Uh, as far as Jim Johnston, I don't know what's keeping WB from bringing him back. Yeah. That guy's a legend when it comes to wrestling themes. An absolute legend. You got to wonder if this is one of those situations. And again, I, I don't know. But if the cost of production, you know, WWE, they went through that whole era of like just trying to cut as much cost as possible. They're laying mm-hmm. people off left and right. And I get it. You're trying to increase your valuation and all that kind of stuff, trying to keep your stock price up. But I wonder if because Jim Johnston, and I, I, I did not listen, I know he did an interview with, I think, Chris Van Vliet, and I, and I always meant to listen to it. But I wonder if it was a situation where what he did was sort of a traditional method uh, compared to, you know, just like one or two dudes at a freaking, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how that stuff works. Well, I mean, I guess in terms of recording, it could have been mm-hmm. a situation. It seemed like he did a lot of, Jim Johnston did a lot of that himself. That's what it looked like. Yeah, you know, he had, had his home studio, studio and I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, and it could just be a, a simple matter of doing it through the years. He negotiated himself a higher and higher rate. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where WB is like, well, this seems like it's too much for us. And you mentioned the yeah, cost right. cutting move. And so mm-hmm. Def Rebel comes in. Oh, was that that one CFO dollar sign? Yeah. 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 CFO dollar. But the, they weren't in house. CFO dollar sign was not in house. Right. Like Jim, right, was. right, Jim yeah. Johnston was yeah. their in house, in house mm-hmm. composer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <laughs> excuse me, I don't know if Def Rebel is in house or not. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but if it's a situation where they can pay, you know, anybody a fraction of what they're paying Jim Johnston. Yeah. To yeah, make music, do which I don't know how high of a, a priority to put on that. Yeah, you know? that that's the thing. You know, they it's I, I don't know either. Again, you'd like to think that, you know, Triple H came up uh in the era when they could literally release CDs that would go platinum or whatever it was. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure one of their CDs went platinum because there was bangers on that first oh, that one. one that had Stone Cold and Triple H's oh, first man, theme yeah. and the brood theme and the rock. DX's theme, yeah. Yeah. That had to have done a lot, um, you know. Maybe they maybe they listen to Def Rebel and like they're ah, oh, this is good enough, this is cool. But it's man, when you think about all the amazing music that CFO Dollar Sign put, I, I think they're CFOs. We like to say it's CFO Dollar Sign because it's funnier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just they're not Def Rebel is not doing it. They're not. They're not doing it. I can't think of a theme song that they've composed. Unfortunately, even Gargano's they had to like remix and add like mm-hmm. a male vocal to it. Mm-hmm. Um and and I'm glad they recognize at least that, that his song was really really the Rebel Heart one was really really good mm-hmm. so they tried to maintain it to a degree but like it's just none of it's really the same man none of it none I of know. it's the same I know and I there know. needs to be a there needs to be a change with the music because it used to be and you know maybe maybe we'll get more of what they're doing like with Bray Wyatt where they brought Code Orange. Mm-hmm. in you know friendly names like I, the, poppy was always around the nxt mm-hmm. scene back mm-hmm. in the later gold uh, black and gold days maybe they'll do more licensed stuff from like indie talent or or you know not huge artists yeah, um yeah. and uh maybe they'll maybe they'll do that a bit more i don't know but you want to give everybody 
you know, the best chance to succeed. That's what it seems like Triple H wants to do, as opposed to, you know, debuting Karrion Cross in a in a bucket on his head yeah. and making him look like an asshole. You know, he's trying to give everybody the best, you know, chance to succeed. Part of that is the packaging presentation, and part of that yeah. is the music. Yeah. And that stuff really matters. So it really does. You know. I mean, I think in terms of presentation, Karrion Cross is sort of again the modern day, you know, gold standard yeah. as he was booked in NXT and now on main roster. His entrance the Tron fits. I mean, in that that case, like the Tron is his. It's his environment, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and it adds to to the to to the overall effect. And you want to aim for that every single time. You definitely do. Definitely do. You want to come up with a presentation for the character that enhances the character that you're presenting to your audience. Do we know and, was was I mean, if if this is the case, then then I have to eat a little bit of crow. Was uh, Carrying Cross's theme was that Def Rebel? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I can look into that. Seems like that might be the case, but that was a that that's a that's a killer theme song, right? That there. is a good theme song. It is yeah. a good theme song. All right, let's move on to number six. Six. Make money in the bank compelling again. Now, there's been rumblings that it might end up as a ladder match at WrestleMania again. Triple H. Yes, Larson, go ahead. Uh, I can't confirm. Carrying across theme is a Def Rebel song. Well, good for them. If they Pets aim Def Rebel, then if they aim to make every theme song as compelling as that one. But like when I heard that Shayna, that new Shayna Baszler theme months ago, ugh, especially compared to the other one. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, let's talk about Money in the Bank. Uh, Triple H spoke in his typically elusive way on when <laughs> talking about gimmick matches like Money in the Bank. We got to look and see what's best for the story and for the brand. Okay, we get it. Not going to tell us. Uh, and so who knows what the future of Money in the Bank as a pay-per-view, uh, what, what lies there. I personally think they should keep it as a premium live event because I think that it, it adds it just adds to their schedule. It's another big event that people can get yeah. excited over as opposed to an event within an already massive event, WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, but uh, but in any event, it has been quite a while since the actual Money in the Bank briefcase, since the story surrounding that uh, has been a good has been decent. Like yeah. I, I thought that. They did have some, a really inspired idea during pandemic to make that year's Money in the Bank uh, a really silly, fun affair with the you know oh, Titan Towers thing. Was, was wildly entertaining. Yeah, it was amazing. But you know, even then, you know, one of the cash-ins, obviously Oscar ended up being the actual title, so that kind of doesn't count. The other one was you know Otis won it and then lost it to the Miz in like a silly courtroom case, and then you know the Miz ended up being a transitional champion when he did cash in. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it's been, it has not been utilized properly at all. And I think that this year was indicative of that with how they used the humiliation of Austin Theory's cash in to motivate his character change, which I at least appreciate that. But clearly something has to change with the storytelling ideas behind Money in the Bank. It's a great idea that needs a good execution. Yeah, and sadly, all too often they relied on the money the bank cash in to pop a rating, as opposed to building a story around said cash in. Um, you know, I think if they keep it on the pay per view schedule as its own show, uh, keeping it in May, again, mania uh, uh, season finale, if you will, pay per view wise at least, season premiere you can have money in the bank. Then, you, then whoever wins it basically has an entire year. Uh, leading up to WrestleMania to cash in if they want to. Because mm -hmm, yeah. um, it's always great to have that, 
you know, uh, potentially looming as a scenario where, oh, we can have a, 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 real, a really good money in the bank cash in at WrestleMania. Because mm-hmm. the first time that happened, it was awesome. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it, it's, well. There's been issues I, with, I mean, there's, there's, that one of the main problems has been with how they've elected to book the main title. Yeah. You know, Roman Reigns having it for now a thousand days or whatever it is. I think he's like, he's now he's got like the fourth most combined Oh, uh, yeah. title reign days or whatever he's uh it's obviously behind bruno hogan and uh, backland um <clears throat> and with the guy that dominant you have plans for that money in the bank's going to take a back seat there's no there's yes. nothing you can do with money in the bank and so you know the fact that they didn't you know find a creative way to deal with money in the bank and a champion who we know is not going to lose his title mm-hmm. like i'll give you a good example Perhaps the way to use money in the bank this year would have been a better way would have been simply Drew McIntyre winning it. Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns at Clash of the Castle. That yep. was the one time when you and I were both like, ooh, they might they might have a title change here. That's a possibility. They didn't, but Drew getting that tie, that that briefcase saying, I'm cashing in on my home territory, the same way RVD did with John yeah. Cena. Yeah. Um, I think would have been a perfectly acceptable yeah. way to do it. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. And then you give Drew a, a, a story heading into May of the Bank. I'm doing this because this is my surest path to get a title shot at Clash of the Castle. Yeah. And I yeah. think they, they, they probably mentioned that mm-hmm. uh, maybe when he was in May of the Bank. But mm-hmm. the fact that they didn't do it yeah. still boggles my mind because you can have the cash in, you can have it set up a huge match, and given how Drew ended up losing, mm-hmm. you know, it was a hell of a performance. So will Sokoa cost the match. Can't do much about that. Yeah. It would have made all the sense. They wouldn't have been the predicament they were with Theory for months and months and months where he mm-hmm. was in no way booked uh, as any sort of legitimate co- uh, contender to cash in. Yeah. Um, and it makes and it makes Drew look better by winning yeah. yes. that to get there. And in the on the road, too. I know they did this to a degree. But you could have had Sheamus trying to take that off him with the case, I beat him, I cashed in successfully yeah. before, and yep. shame, and Drew can be goaded into putting up the the, the briefcase and then wins a, just a killer match between those two where we all think, hey, they might take this title off him or mm-hmm. the, the, the briefcase off him. There's a lot of story conventions they could have told along the way leading to Clash of the Castle using that, and it made Money in the Bank feel like a massive deal. And instead they put it on a guy we know. We knew from the second he got it, he ain't going to cash, cash in successfully. Yeah, no chance. No chance. We knew there was no chance he was going to cash in whatsoever. Whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they should really, you know, figure out some more creative ways to handle money in the bank. Yes, because there's still a lot of uh, <clears throat> story options there. They haven't pursued oh, with, yeah. with that convention. Yeah, no, absolutely. They still absolutely. haven't had someone actually declare I'm cashing in Mania and actually do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's move on here. Number five, five, uh, triple H needs to fix WWE's relationship with CM Punk. When I say WWE is, I kind of mean triple H's, um, yeah. now triple H has been, he's been uh, sort of Mr. Diplomat for WWE. He's been one of the defenses. Yeah. Yeah. With Bruno, you know, Bruno famously was not into what WWF was doing at any given time. And then in 2014 or 16, something like that. Uh, Triple H was the point guy in making amends with Bruno and they did a bunch of stuff with him. Um, Well, look, regardless of what 
many people want or not in terms of CM Punk. Um, just for the sake of our business, I'd love to see CM Punk show up in WWE because it would do phenomenal numbers for us and it gets people talking, people who mm-hmm. want to see it, people who don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, he was a big deal for AEW. The numbers mm-hmm. have proved that out. The numbers don't lie, yeah. The numbers don't lie. And uh, whether or not you or I believe that he would have something to offer creatively to the product um, to enhance it, um, I don't know about all that. But I do know that from a business standpoint, I don't know why it would be a bad deal. I really don't. If you if you if you keep him, if you think he's going to be a problem with the locker room, you keep him away from the locker room. You use him as a Brock Lesnar, yep. um, and uh, and and I think that there's no downside to that. It's just you have to wonder. What's the relationship like between Triple H and CM Punk, a guy who just, when when Triple H took over, CM Punk was on record saying nothing's going to change. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, it makes all the sense from a business perspective. Fox wanted CM Punk back. True, yeah. You know, when when they were uh, working out the deal uh, with him to, for him to be on backstage, they were like, hey, WB, why don't you sign him to wrestle again? Because, mm-hmm. again, from a business perspective, it makes all the sense in the world. It's just whether they can overcome the past animosity, mm-hmm. you know, that's, is that going to be too much of a hurdle to overcome mutually? Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I, I given the track record, not by just triple H, but kind of WWE historically for the most part, you know, like you look at v- Vince and Bret Hart, you, you know, there was years where like, there's no way they're going to be able to mend fences based on yeah. what happened. Eventually they did, Yeah, you know, um, will triple H be in a, in a situation or be of, of the opinion that, okay, I may not personally like CM Punk, but I understand for the business, this is good for WWE, and I will look past my own personal issues with them to potentially bring him back. Mm-hmm. But that's just one party involved. If Phil doesn't f- feel the same way, it ain't going to happen. That's now, I know true. he posted some yeah. stuff on Instagram from his WWE days. He they got did, people yeah. talking. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I don't know if, if it'd be a situation where he's legitimately as – was reported caught the wrestling bug again that just wants to wrestle. Mm-hmm. If he wants to try to stick it to AW a little bit, well, that yeah, you know, Phil's not above being petty. We know that, and yes. uh, he might he might have no problem getting over his issues with WWE if he thinks a he can get another big big payday, and b make the guys that humiliated him look like a, a you know amateur hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I, I think that it's a distinct possibility. It would not shock me if at some point in 2023 we got word that CM Punk was heading to WWE, um, to obviously depending on the no-compete clause. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, this is one of those that I, I think I would, be, I would actually be kind of shocked if Triple H wasn't able to mend fences. Now, like you said, whether or not Phil wants to do it, no clue, no idea. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think Triple H has learned how to be, you know, a diplomat uh, in his in his in the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. And I know that. I mean, hell, I Phil even said CM Punk even said on in that backstage interview, yeah, I'm dipping my toes back in. I might be interested. And then later on, he says, yeah, there were just there's a lot. I, I I expressed interest, and there was a lot of games being played. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's time to play the game. <laughs> Sorry, maybe it's time stupid. to play the game. Huh? <laughs> oh, I felt dirty saying it. All right, let's move on. 
Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number four. Four. The messy title scene. So uh, both the world titles are on Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Um, the Both the tag titles are on the Usos. Mm-hmm. But there's a separate Raw and SmackDown women's titles. There's, of course, separate mid-card titles with the IC and the U.S. title. Yeah. Uh, am I missing anything? There's, there's one set of women's tag team titles. Yeah. Uh, on main roster, of course. Um, yeah, the, I, I don't know if, if it's going to be a brand split. Obviously, they have to separate the titles, but then you have two scenarios in which you got to have like the titles actually be separated mm-hmm. and that there might be some contrivances there. So there's a number of ways you can do this, but it does need to be fixed. Let's talk about the latest bit of news from uh, Meltzer, um, mm-hmm. the latest newsletter. We're recording this uh, early December 2022. Mm-hmm. For anybody who might be watching this in the future, yeah, twenty twenty five um, or something. Oh, these yeah, something these. like that. <laughs> to check and see how many of these ideas that we're pitching to Paul have been implemented. Mm. Anyways, Del, uh, D- Dave uh, was reporting in the latest newsletter that there's a scenario being floated around where Roman would wrestle both days of WrestleMania, mm-hmm. yeah. defend each title each night. Mm-hmm. Night one against The Rock, mm-hmm. that match Roman would win. Night two. You would think against the winner of the Rumble, most likely, I think in this scenario, it was Cody. Cody yeah, would right. beat Roman for whatever belt they want on Raw. Roman mm-hmm. leaves WrestleMania still in this scenario, Universal Champion. Cody then would have the Raw Championship. Um, I guess the the crux of that would be motivating Roman wanting to defend the titles both nights. Mm-hmm. But down, yeah. There's several, There's, you know, I, I guess in terms of, of getting one of the titles off Roman, That'll do the trick so long as they can uh, convincingly motivate Roman saying, yeah, I'm main eventing both days. Downside of him main eventing both days is that he's main eventing both days. And that potentially deprives another story from main eventing night one. There's there's another downside to it, just personally, creatively speaking. I don't like the idea of a guy, and I know, I understand. Night one, he goes to war, so he's beat up. Night two, he goes in there against Cody. A... It sort of takes away from Cody's win because mm-hmm. Roman is beat up. Mm-hmm. B, Roman's still champion. He's a champion who lost at night two of WrestleMania, and yet he's still champion. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I personally think that's a terrible idea. Um, and I, I personally think that the best way to do it would be basically a hand of God situation where Triple H says, uh, you know, the brands are meant to be split. The titles were never meant to be unified. Um, we're gonna, you know, have the WWE title 
over on Raw and Roman. You get to pick what you want, where you want to go, but you have to surrender one of those titles. I kind of like that better, and the same with the Usos. I kind of like that better because it's like, okay, well, it's it's more like it's just it's 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 like a structured way of doing it, as opposed to this. You know what? They're gonna have like both titles on the line and a triple threat. One guy wins one title, the other mm-hmm. guy wins the other title. I mean, even that's kind of preferable to Roman Reigns losing at WrestleMania, but still being a champion afterwards. Yeah. I can't stand. That. I don't like that scenario at all. Yeah, like who who gets to lose WrestleMania and then still hold a title high? You know, I know, I know, not into it. It's like yeah. man, Cody Rhodes just beat the undisputed championship. All those other guys who took on Roman Reigns would have had both titles, but Cody just gets one of them. Yeah, um, I'm not huge on that scenario. Uh, and hey, maybe you know people wouldn't be huge on my scenario. That's fine. But somehow, some way, by WrestleMania, they really need to figure this out and get those titles split because there's too much talent mm-hmm. and not enough titles at this point. Yeah, especially yeah uh, on Raw, where I know they're trying like like hell to make the U.S. title seem like a main event title, but it's, it's the U.S. title. It's not the WWE Championship. If they can try and events, they can yeah. succeed to a degree to make it prized and valuable and then something that people want, but it's not a world title. If it only main events on Raw and not mm-hmm. pay-per-views, guess what? It's not a main event title. It's, it's like when main event title. It's like when AJ held the WWE title. Granted, that was a world title, but man, he like never main evented pay-per-views with that title because the other guy had it and it was a bigger deal. He, that always comes off like a B-level champion, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you split the brands and you try to establish some amount of, you know, uh, uh, equal footing between who the champions are, you know, WWE title main events, one pay-per-view, the Universal yeah, yeah. Did, uh, main events, the next pay-per-view, and so on and so forth. Um, I mean, I, I like the way they did it during the, you know, the, the odds with the brand split because it's like, you had different levels of stories going on depending on who the... I know that Triple H was often considered the A champion with the big mm-hmm. gold belt, um, but you know SmackDown had its own compelling champions as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. They got they got to fix that title scene, though. They Man, do. Kind of they mess. do. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking after WrestleMania, that'll probably start to... That picture will get a bit clearer. At least I hope so. I think you're, probably, I think you're right about that, yeah. I think once, uh, they, once they get the, the match with Roman against The Rock, once they get past that, then they'll actually start moving towards whoever is going to beat Roman, if it doesn't happen at Mania. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on to number three. Three. Freshen up your TV presentation. So we saw a little bit of this when Triple H took over creative. We, he started using some of the, the visual tools he used in NXT. Most predominantly, you have your foreground action, usually some sort of interview or thing where people are talking, and then the background is kind of what you really should be paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how they kind of uh, initiated the, the story with Dexter Loomis a lot of times. There'd be something happen in the foreground, the background, there'd be little hints and clues that something wasn't quite right happening backstage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of late, totally gotten away from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the visual storytelling conventions of WB have more or less remained unchanged since the 80s, mm-hmm. give mm-hmm. or take. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, to advance story, at least outside of the ring, someone's either having an interview or dropping a promo. Yeah. yeah, every now and again, there is a video package or some sort of backstage thing. But by and large, they lean really heavily on interviews and promos, and especially uh, with backstage promos where people are talking to an unmotivated camera. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 in this day and age, 
where there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on on TV mm-hmm. and your presentation is still, you know, rooted in the 90s. Yeah. You need to get up to date. You need to freshen things up. And I'm not necessarily saying, you know, do short films like Lucha Underground did, even though those were mm-hmm. great. Yeah, those are pretty cool. I, I'm not even saying you do the fly on the wall stuff that TNA did for the while. Also great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find yeah. a way to motivate cameras that normally wouldn't be there. Yeah, I th- there's I a think lot there's, of little things yeah. that they can do to just freshen up the presentation, change up the cameras a little bit too. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's yeah, they, some, they feel like yeah, the same so, broadcast cameras they've been using for years. So yeah, sometimes sometimes the cameras like sometimes they'll use like you know a different lens or or they'll do you know the 24 frames thing, mm-hmm. and and it, it, it does it it actually enhances the broadcast quite a bit. And I'm not yeah, like you said, I'm not saying that they should go all out with you know changing everything completely. But I think there are some things they can do that will make it just seem a little bit more urgent, more vital. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, more and yeah, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I do, I do appreciate there's certain things that they do. Um, like, for example, after pay-per-views, they have their own media scrums. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that using that kind of stuff, maybe in weekly television, especially on Raw, which we're going to talk about here in a second, if they use those kind of things, maybe uh, it will seem a little bit more fresh. Um, and uh, but yeah, no, I definitely think if you look at you know modern day sports broadcasts, I think there's a lot that WWE can can yeah. learn from them. I mean, modern sports broadcasts, there's typical production uh, 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 tropes and and, and and approaches they adhere to, but they're not afraid to mix things up. Right, yeah. You know, in football, yeah, they have the camera that's that's over the field, that's on the wires. Yeah. They move around. That's been around for a few years. They started using, uh, was it the 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 camera they use it on SmackDown for a while with a really the shallow eight, depth the of field? K been, cap- camera, yeah, they've yeah. been using that a lot more, not for uh, actual in-game action, but you you know mm-hmm. for stuff like on-field interviews, mm-hmm. video packages. Uh, after someone scores a touchdown, you'll see them use that camera quite a bit. For celebrations, yeah. yeah. Um, on the in the NBA, they have, and maybe they do this in the NFL. I'm not sure, but NBA, like every on TNT, I think, or ESPN, they'll mic up certain players, yeah, and then they'll go back and they'll play some of the you know clips of them. I think yeah. it'd be hilarious if they mic up some of the wrestlers, like mm-hmm. so much like, for example, the mixed match challenge. Yes. Um, you know, you there's little bits and pieces, clips out there where you can hear the wrestlers a bit more, a bit louder because it was a lighter thing. They were having a bit more fun. Mm-hmm. And so they were emphasizing that a bit more. And I think that could, that could help a little bit more. Um, if, if they just, like you said, you know, just add some interesting elements to it. Definitely. Uh, and that will help perhaps with number two, two. Raw still feels like three hours. Like we still have to watch it. Like I, I'll use sometimes I'll watch like the first hour live, but oftentimes I'll just sort of use that first hour to just chill or whatever, and then I'll watch it later because you know I do the live watch-alongs over mm-hmm. at my Twitch channel with the Enforcer. Um, the last two hours of Raw, which is completely manageable, uh, but that the, the entirety of Raw three hours especially in this day and age with the way that short form content is king three hours is a long time. And I understand we just talked about sports broadcasts and yes, NFL games, NBA games generally go around three hours. Um, But for a, you know, a fictional piece of entertainment, three hours, it's, it's kind of a big ask these days. It is. It is. Um, It's, it's really difficult to pace a compelling three hour wrestling program um, to give us, 
segments or matches continuously for three hours that actually feel like they have stakes or you're invested in the outcome, that's mm-hmm. tough. I understand. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I'm not saying I have any surefire solutions no, for this one, by the way. Either, don't either. Don't <laughs> either. I mean, I think maybe Ben Ben's pays in time, perhaps. You know, I think one thing Triple H has done since he's taken over creative is to not, and we see this in NXT. We'll get to NXT in a little bit. Is NXT tries to jam as much as they can in two hours. Mm-hmm, that's true. And sometimes it's weird. You think, okay, you have a lot of short segments that should make the pace feel quicker. Sometimes it just makes the show feel like it drags on because you're used to, okay, give me give me 12 segments over two hours, and then mm-hmm. that's the pace I'm used to. Well, if you get 15 or 16, gosh, this feels like it's a three-hour show when it's only two yeah. hours. Since yeah. uh, Triple H has taken a Raw, he's given matches more time to breathe. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon for us to get an opening segment, which has like an eight-minute promo followed by a 20-minute match. Yeah, right. So you're opening Raw with, you know, whether two competitors or four, if it's a tag team bout, uh, involved in the first half hour of the show. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I appreciate they're giving wrestlers more time to wrestle mm-hmm, yeah, and, and potentially tell more interesting stories than mm-hmm. a four-minute match uh, would. Yeah. But still, yeah, it feels like three hours. And I don't know what, what else there really is they can do about that apart from it would kind of take a massive creative overhaul to try to find a way every week. Yeah, I know. For every segment to feel like it really mattered. Yeah, and you know what? I do give I do give credit because he you can tell that there is an effort to make Raw more urgent. There really is. I mean, he loves his pull apart brawls. Yeah. Um he likes action and uh, and, and we all do. Um and yeah, he lets the matches breathe a bit more. Um but uh but still it it can feel like a slog, even even with the way he's doing it. Mm-hmm. I I don't think there's any way in the world that they would ever scale it back down to three hours. But you got a new TV deal coming up soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe say, hey, look, we feel like we can get better ratings if we bring it down to two hours. A lot. I mean, that's like the number one complaint from people. And uh, and let's try this now. I have no idea how much USA would be leaving on the table. I'm yeah. sure that you know this. This that, that's that's a silly conversation for me to even bring up, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's just it's it's like I said, short form content is king, and WWE obviously knows that because our YouTube channel is very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, yeah, that 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 three hours that can be a lot, man. That could be mm-hmm. a lot, and it's funny because like I can sit through a three hour pay per view and be so happy. The commercials just kill. Yeah. They just, you know, you it sit there for three hours the show and, you, and you got commercials and it's like, oh my God. Another thing, at least in theory, for a pay-per-view show, every match should matter. Like the outcome mm-hmm, yeah, of every true. match should matter. That's true. Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah. You know, whether you we know, got channel points or prediction points on it. Something. You know, well, even if you're there. just watching as a viewer that's not gambling on it with, with fake money, you know. Oh, pff, in terms of the story folly, that folly in terms of, should be. <laughs> well, <laughs> What's your problem? <laughs> maybe you're not on Twitch. In terms of the stories they're telling, every yeah. pay-per-view match should matter. The outcome mm-hmm. should matter. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't just doesn't always happen on Raw, mm-hmm, yeah. and I, I it, it'd probably be pretty tough to do that to have three hours of compelling wrestling television with stakes in every segment. And I just don't know. Yeah. I've never been in the writers' room. I don't know how it works, so I, I can't say definitively one way or the other. But it, that would be a tough task, I would think, on a weekly basis. It it is going to be incredibly difficult to to do yeah. what we're asking them to do here. But but uh, but yeah, that's not our problem. We're not working WWE creative. Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. Let's get to number one. One. Uh, NXT. So I'll, I'll say this. Okay. A lot of talent I really like in NXT. Like like a lot. Yeah, sure. Um, 
Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, fantastic. Yeah. Wesley, fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, I'm not that huge. The point I'm getting is I, th- I feel like the characters and the talent that are really hitting at all strides right now mm-hmm. are the ones, are the characters who aren't over-the-top gimmick characters. Right, yeah. You know, even Grayson Waller, I'm not like huge into his character, mm-hmm. but it feels like an extension of himself. It doesn't feel like himself turned up to 12. Grayson, Grayson can be very entertaining. He can be. Um, the, one of the main problems is like, for like for me, when I when I honestly try to give an honest assessment of what turns me off on NXT so much, mm-hmm. it boils down to the same thing that it always boils down to, and that's just story. Yeah, you know, it's like I can you can start naming any number of 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 decent stories that NXT used to tell when it was a black and gold brand, and I know I understand like totally in the later days. They did sort of boil it down to this badass guy wants to fight this badass guys, yeah, or this badass guy. But at its peak, you know, when you had undisputed era trying to get after the, you know, all the all the gold, the undisputed uh, mm-hmm. prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, when you had, <clears throat> you know, the the who attacked Alistair Black, the Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano story. Um, you know, Oscar's undefeated streak. There is there is so much good story. There are so many good stories there that I just don't I don't find much good in, in the way of storytelling. And I was NXT. getting back around. I think the more the characters who feel more genuine mm-hmm. are the ones who are going to be utilized best to tell more compelling stories. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I think you got you have characters who are just over the top gimmicks, vocational mm-hmm. gimmicks. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like you're 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 limited in the stories. You can tell with those characters because they don't feel like real people. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I mean you, you could you could say that Andre Chase is an over-the-top character, and to a degree, you'd be right, but the story they're doing now with him and Duke Hudson mm-hmm. doesn't have to involve Chase U whatsoever. They could just be right, a couple yeah. of, of, of... It could just be Andre Chase and, and Duke Hudson. No Chase University, no former mm-hmm. poker player, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's yeah. like when they ground these characters, these people, and more in a sense of reality rather than trying to make them larger than life, I feel like better stories arise from that. That's why NXT UK, I thought, was so good, is that mm-hmm. you just have people who are their characters, but then none of them are really gimmicks. They just feel like extensions yeah. of who they are as people. And so many of the stories there just rose up from clashes of these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not huge things. Someone yeah, bumping right. to you in the hallway. Hey, I didn't like that. All right, let's have a match. Yeah. But then but then they'd circle back around to that like ages yes. later. And it's like, oh, yes. they have a history and they've got yes. chemistry. Um, and then and that's yeah, where you build yeah. the layers upon it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But, you know, I just I just think and it's funny and, and I, I do appreciate that, you know, HBK has recently said that, you know, Triple H just lets me do my thing. And here's the thing that, that I do appreciate that is that Triple H probably appreciated when he was allowed to simply do his thing in NXT. Mm-hmm. And and he doesn't want to be micromanaged the way maybe he felt he doesn't want HBK to be micromanaged the way he felt maybe he was in the later days. And then they mm-hmm. took it away from him. Mm-hmm. Um and so I appreciate that. And maybe, you know, Shawn Michaels is still relatively new to this. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there are there are things that I appreciate. I love that they rolled big time with Wes Lee after mm-hmm. the Nash Carter stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like you've already mentioned Carmelo and Trick. Um, I do appreciate that they have added dimension to the to the Diamond Mine, to the Creeds specifically, yeah. and Ivy Nile. Yeah. There are things that I like. Some of it, honestly, for me is I, I'm big on aesthetics and design. The presentation for me, I, I can't stand. I hate that venue. I hate the performance center stuff. Um, I don't know that they're ever going to take it on the road uh, or if they should. Um, 
but I just I, I can't stand the way it looks. Um, but because none of the stars there, like none of none of them like feel like, oh, they're going to be like a big deal on main roster, you know, besides the ones that we've kind of already. Yeah. And I feel like that's another thing with with kind of gimmick characters is, Mm -hmm. you know, in the 90s, that kind of stuff would work. Yeah. But, you know, we mentioned Dijak. Well, what 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 the heck is Dijak going to do with this character on the main roster? (laughs) Right. He's going to fare no better than he did the first time he was on main with this type of character. Right. They might be able to get some mileage out of it in NXT. Mm hmm. But on the main roster, that's going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's and, gonna take. Yeah, it's gonna take. Uh, Triple H, he's gonna end up, and I think he'll be more respectful of it. But he'll end up rebranding a lot of these characters because he can't do much with it on main roster. Now he'll he'll explain it. He'll he'll have Hard Justice on there, and he'll explain why Hard Justice no longer Hard Justice, and why he's mm-hmm. like dialed that down. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what's gonna end up happening. You know. Kind of the uh, the one character that kind of epitomizes NXT in my eyes is Joe Gacy, mm-hmm, where sure. his character as it kind of exists now has gone through, you probably count at least half a dozen iterations. Sure, yeah. Where it starts with one idea, well, this isn't hitting how it should, let's move to this, let's move to this, move to this, and it seemed aimless for the longest time because I think they were trying to find something that would work. Mm-hmm, yeah. It kind of feels like now they're close to getting there. I think they are. Yeah, I think um, they are as And well. it feels like so much what happens at NXT is trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, when when they did the relaunch in 2.0, we kind of joked that, well, NXT now is us watching people learn how to wrestle. Yeah. Right. And it hasn't exactly been that, but I think it has been us watching performers learn who their characters are and should be. Yeah. And sometimes from a creative standpoint, that seems like there's no vision behind it. But at the same time, that's, I I think in in, in our minds, we kind of have to say, well, okay, that's not what NXT is there for. This -hmm. is very much a week to week. This is about process. I think NXT Mm -hmm. is not about destination. Um, And, you know, I, we've been saying that from the relaunch too, but at the same time, it's hard to, we're so conditioned to expect stories to go from A to B to C and hope to have a vision behind it. So when we reach the conclusion, there's some sort of satisfaction in terms of how the story is being told. And I just don't yeah. know if NXT is, is booked is, is approached in that way. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know if it is. I don't know if, if there's, you know, if, if Shawn Michaels has a notebook with a bunch of notes about how he wants these stories to go. And I'm not blaming him because when you got a lot of people who are learning how to professionally wrestle, Things change on a regular basis. They you do. have to make adjustments yeah. to their characters, to their storylines, so you can get them on the right path, not just to be quality TV performers in NXT, but to make the jump to main roster and be able to adapt to any mm-hmm. situation they're put in. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's we got so used to NXT 1.0 being a very certain thing. Yeah. And they yeah. took all that away, or most of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it now was, it seems it was, like yeah. there's some of it coming back in bits. It was, it was like a, it was, you know, for people who pay somewhat attention to like the independent ranks, it was like, oh man, it was like a, you know, a dream match after dream match scenario, you know, oh my God, Walter's in the crowd. Who's he going to face off with? Yeah. And I get that that's not for everybody. I mean, hats off to NXT. Their ratings are still decent. Like Mm -hmm. in terms of where they've been, it's like they're usually around six or 700,000. There was a stretch though. They were, they were on the uptick too. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Um, 
so like I guess it has an audience, which is great. But like I don't know. It's just and which actually does really surprise me. Um but yeah, it's just not the most compelling TV in the it's world. It's not, for me, but I guess I guess me. I mean if if they could figure out Joe Gacy and Schism and make them interesting compelling on a weekly basis. Yeah. I mean, it seems like that's been the toughest nut to crack. Mm-hmm, yeah. Is whatever they do with Gacy and Schism. If they can actually make them interesting and compelling on a weekly basis and not just make it seem like they're just spouting off a bunch of nonsense verbally. Yeah. Like they have a clear vision of who and what they are. Yeah. All right. That's a step in the right direction. Now let's see if they can do that consistently with other performers. And from there should potentially arise some interesting stories. Well, also, dude, they're so far away from the situation they're at before. Look, I mean, the, the, the great thing about NXT, the ideal situation with NXT years ago was these are people we can't wait to see get called up. Mm-hmm. And how are they going to get called up? There's only a small handful of people yeah. right now in NXT that I give a shit when they get called up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm interested to see Carmelo get called up. Braun Breaker is so one-dimensional as a character. Well, I, I say he's... I'm sorry. He's not one-dimensional as a character because I feel like what we get with Braun is just Braun Breaker as a person. Yeah. yeah. He's. I don't even think he's dialed up. You know, that's no. what we always say. It's like Grayson Waller. I feel like he's Grayson Waller dialed up to 11. Mm-hmm. Carmelo Hayes, same thing. Braun Breaker, I feel, is like probably Braun Breaker at like an eight. Yeah. I feel yeah. like Braun Breaker might actually be more Dialing interesting. Back a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. And I'm like, you have... Steiner blood use the Steiner blood be the Steiner thing and then I'll be like man this guy could be dangerous on main roster there's no sense of danger from your Steiner mm-hmm. which is which is indicative of like why not like there's like Carmelo A's the way he carries himself he's got trick there's a little bit of danger there you know and that's what you want you want the the main roster to be like holy shit Samoa Joe's coming here. Shinsuke yeah. Nakamura's coming here. This yeah. is going to be scary for us, right? Oscar's yeah. coming. Yeah. Um. And there's really like I feel like Toxic Attraction is kind of that as well. I think that yeah. they'll get to main roster and be like, oh wow, it's a, it's they're going to be a threat. Yeah. There's just so much fewer threats for main roster because they started from scratch, and that shit takes time. And it does. we didn't we didn't see it all happen in NXT before because these people came in with reputations and characters, yeah. and regardless of whether or not you were following before, that you knew that. Yeah, you like knew they of them showed up reputation totally, totally, and they knew who they were and what they were, mm. and they fit right in. And then it was like, oh man, these guys have been dominant. We're gonna see them go to main roster. Well, that's that's what I'm talking about with the process of people discovering who their characters are. Yeah, Kevin Owens had that all worked out, but before he even signed NXT. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. But we we now we sit and see the, that process. And yeah, is it the most you know uh, interesting television from on a weekly basis? Maybe not. I don't know. But maybe in a year when they have, I know a year's a long time. Uh, have more of this worked out. Yeah, but you know, dude, this, this is a situation where we're watching wrestlers learn how to be or people learn how to be professional wrestlers, but also Shawn Michaels learn how to be a booker. That's the thing. A year is not that. It really isn't that long. It really isn't. Has Von Wagner changed one bit he changed from when lot, we no. first saw him? He, it's still just it's still like this guy is underwhelming and I don't believe he can take anybody on a main roster. And mm-hmm. I know he's a silly reference, but it's the same thing like Tony D'Angelo. Am I supposed to believe that Tony D'Angelo 
is going to make a dent on main roster. I know he's I such know. a he, he's such a one dimensional character. And I know that's the thing is the characters with depth and dimension and layers. That's why Legato is so extensions or are yeah. their extensions of, of who they are are the most in, interesting because yes, you feel like they go to they can move up the main roster seamlessly. And Legato seamlessly. came in. We knew that that uh, Santos Escobar had history because he talked about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like we believe it because we know it. He yeah. knows what he's doing, you know. Yeah. The other two guys that he's with. Those dudes have been around for a mm-hmm. while. We mm-hmm. can see it in the way they wrestle. We can hear it in the way they talk. We can understand it because they've mentioned that they've been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something to be said about people coming in with that experience. Because if they have experience, theoretically, that means they can hang with the people on main roster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got a guy who just started in February of last year. What is he going to do? He's going to get killed out there. I don't the know, man. Point. Logan Paul just had a match uh, against Roman Reigns and more than held his own in his third match he's ever had. There you go. Maybe Tony D'Angelo is going to dethrone Roman Reigns. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I mean, because that's, that's one thing WWE has shown us on a, a fairly regular basis. I didn't like that about, Roman, about Logan Paul either, man. <laughs> I didn't no, like No, I that understand, <laughs> but in WWE's universe, yeah. You go through a little bit of wrestling training, you can potentially uh, compete well, I know. against the champion. You know, I know it's it's, but there there's a bit of a difference there, right? Because like, okay, Logan Paul came into main roster and did that immediately. We saw it, right? Yeah. yeah. Goldberg showed up out of nowhere in WCW and started crushing everybody. That is totally a wrestling convention when somebody just yeah. shows up and starts crushing yes. people. Yeah. Um, but I think there is a little bit of a difference between Von Wagner and Goldberg. Yeah. Oh, man. Because he loses all the time. He's got pinned by Axiom after a crossbody from I know, Chase. I know. I know. So, I mean, it, there's, we're never going to get back the NXT of 2016, 2017, 2018. And it's not necessarily, I don't, I don't think, what we're asking. You know, I didn't I like that. I didn't like that venue either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, like Full Sail either. You know, it's just more from a creative standpoint, just coming up with stories that are more interesting that we can be more invested in. And yeah. I think part of that stems from having less gimmicky characters and most more characters grounded in who p- these people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you, you see it across basically any wrestling company. Yeah. The most interesting stories are just based on clashes of characters. And it's be a huge thing. It's just character mm-hmm. clashes and the characters are inter- interesting. The clash should be interesting. Yeah. Make it raw underground. That's what you do. Um, it was sweaty Shane running around like, okay, just now, now, now this randomly. This, this match is over. <laughs> Load up the new match. Anyways, that's going to do it for us tonight, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Let us know what you guys think in the comments below. What do you guys think Triple H can still fix with WWE? Uh, thanks for watching, and we appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. 
Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.